welcome to another episode of the Giant Take Podcast. My name is Josh, and I am joined by my friend and my co-host, Alex. Um, I apologize for the audio issues, if there are any. I'm on a different, I'm on my computer today, okay? We don't have the full, uh, fully high-quality mic setup, but that's okay. Episode 250 of the Giant Take Podcast is going to go nice, and it's going to go strong because we have a lot of news to cover. And Alex, training camp is here. It's a super big deal because we have a lot of news to talk about. We have Saquon Barkley stuff to talk about, Isaiah Hodgins in there, two signings, and our, I guess, annual, you can call it, 53-man roster predictions pre-training camp. So a lot to cover in this one episode, and we are really excited to do it. Alex, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, you know, a lot of stuff, like you said, probably the most stuff we've had so far this offseason post-draft, at, uh, at least you can say. Uh, a lot of stuff, I guess, going on in Giants land, uh, you know, starting off with Saquon Barkley and then new signings and uh, obviously edging closer to training camp. Excited. We'll be at training camp. What is it? Uh, Wednesday, Thursday, I think it is right this week. I forget now. Uh, yeah, I think it's Wednesday, Thursday. So uh, that's going to be exciting. And I'm just excited for the season to kind of start ramping up and get going. I am as well. It's going to be super fun. And um, I guess we'll just have to see how it goes in training camp. I don't know if Brian Dayball is going to switch up how he runs his drills, if he's still going to have those big pads on the guy's heads with the blue padding at the top of it, if we're going to see pads on the first few days. Uh, But it's really exciting stuff. And and I do want to say here um, that this episode is recorded Saturday afternoon. We're hoping that the Sunday dryness is still uh, apparent and uh, we don't get any breaking news or any signings on Sunday because this episode will be out uh, Monday morning. So if we do miss a thing or two in our huge uh, list of bullet point news points, I guess you could say, that is the reason if it did happen within the last couple days uh, as a recording again on Saturday afternoon. But yes, big episode 250. Let's start off with Saquon Barkley. He went on a podcast to talk about weighing his future options. And um, well, the quote rolling right now is, I have to say fuck you to the Giants. I have to say fuck you to my teammates and be like, you want me to show you my work? You want to show you how, much, how valuable I am to the team? I won't show up. I won't right. play it down. And that's a that's a that's a that's a play I can use. Do I anybody knows me knows that's not something I want to do. But like it's something that has it something that crossed my mind. It's like I that's never true. I never thought I would ever do that, but like now I'm in a point where it's like, oh Jesus, like I, I might have to take it to this level. And like, am I willing, am I prepared to take it to the level? I don't know. That's something I gotta sit down and like I gotta sit talk to my family i gotta sit down talk to my team gotta really you know strategize about this can't just like go off of emotions because like i have you like i say here and say like oh be mature so basically this is the quote heard around the world or heard around giants land uh is that he's got all the leverage and his leverage can be that f you giants fans f you new york giants players and coaching staffs i can sit out and i'm a big boy i can do that type of thing yeah you can do that as much as you want saquon However, is that really going to look good for your resume and for you to get paid a good contract? I personally don't think so. We had Xavier McKinney go on, oh, what show is that? The Jim Rome show uh, on CBS Sports. He talked about it. He said he respects Saquon. He's talked to Saquon about these decisions. He understands that he could sit out, uh, although it is not something that he really wanted to speak on. You know, obviously he knew Jim Rome was going to question him on it. And he said he respects Saquon or whatever he does. So I'm going to be interested. 
I don't think any players will speak out about it, um, you know, about their opinions, but I, I do wonder how the players feel. I would think they they might actually lean towards Saquon. If he does sit out, they'll respect his decision because they might value that I rather value a fellow player getting paid what I think he should get paid rather than I think his presence on the field is more important because I want to win games. So I'm interested to see how he kind of guides that. Now, this is Xavier McKinney on a national TV show, you know, on, on a on a publication. I wonder if behind the scenes it's different. And he just obviously can't get on the mic there and be like, no, I actually want to win football games, so I would like Saquon to sign. But he did he did say that we would like him on the field and it, the team is better when he is on the field. Uh, but there was other quotes, something like, you want me to show my worth, you want me to show how valuable I am to this team, I won't show up, I won't play it down, and that's a play I could use. He, that probably was in the quote that you just heard. Uh, and then there was a bunch of other stuff. He said that's something that he has to sit down and talk to his family about. Um, and he also said, I can try to get as much money as I can. But what really matters is winning. I know if I'm able to help bring a championship to New York, that's going to go miles more ahead than this contract. And Alex, I'll send it to you now for your thoughts on this whole podcast interview, uh, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, I actually ended up watching that whole interview because, uh, you know, sometimes you see these quotes and they're kind of like out of context and I would say the quotes that, you know, Josh just kind of read you, I mean, not full quotes, but just like here and there kind of stuff. It was pretty accurate, but I feel like the tone in which he was saying stuff made it seem like he was more on the side of not sitting out and wanting to stay, uh, you know, obviously a New York Giant and, you know, try to help the team win. That was kind of the tone that you got, even though, of course, the media is going to run with that first quote that you said, F you to the Giants, F you to my teammates kind of thing. Um, I've seen it already on NFL, like national news sources where they're kind of taking that out of context as well. But, um, I think it's, yeah, Saquon Barkley says F you to giants. Yeah. I think I did see that high, uh, headline once. Um, but yeah, it was certainly an interesting interview, but, um, I didn't really think we got much out of it that we didn't know already, um, that we kind of could have just kind of seen or kind of thought about and knew that that wouldn't probably be in his mind. Um, it would, there was nothing that was like groundbreaking, at least to us Giants fans who have been uh, kind of like focused on the situation. Um, but another interview that I actually also watched because I've got a, you know some time on my hands now in the summer, uh, the Isaiah Hodgins interview. Uh, he was on the Second Wind podcast, I believe it was called, right? Uh, that was a really good interview as well, where he kind of talked about his journey, his path, um, and then kind of getting into more recent detail with the Giants, obviously. Uh, you know, his career year, you could say, and uh, that fractured foot uh, situation in the wild card game, which we uh, have a clip of here. And you played in the playoff game with an injury, yeah, right? Yeah, uh, that, that playoff game, man, that one, I actually ended up having like a, a slight fracture in my foot. Like and it was um, it was just kind of like a thing that like happened like the Friday before the game, bro. And I thought it was just like a high ankle sprain and ankle was all black and blue. Dave's was all scared. Like everyone was like, oh, "Are you gonna play?" And then, yeah. like it was just like one of those things. I was like, "Dang!" Like, bro, going in my first playoff game, like <laughs> I might have just pushed this off, bro. Like it was, I, I was nervous for myself. I, my dad's calling me like, "Bro, you gonna be good?" And I'm like, "I hope so." Well, and, uh, and luckily, I was able to go. But how to tape it off? I don't even wear ankle tape, bro. I had so much you doing it all on my head. Like had everything I could. My ankle was so fat. Like it got to the point, bro. It was like third quarter of that game bro and i was literally telling say like 
hey, if I have to run like an in cut, like we got to switch sides because I can't, I can't like yeah. plant that deep off this foot. Like, yeah. you know, I could do short intermediate stuff, but like those are things that people are like, yeah. And I was just like dugging through it like the whole time. Like, and literally like my dad as a game was like, isn't that crazy? Like probably felt your worst and had like your best game of your Don't career. Snap. Yeah. And I'm like, man, like back against the wall, like you got no option. It's like, all right, like me and Saquon say it all the time. It's like, hey, like, you you in the deep end, like what you gonna do? You like, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna sink or swim, like, <laughs> right. like what is Yeah, I really thought it was a, a interesting interview, you know, not just that about the wild card game and the fractured foot, but stuff on Daniel Jones, uh, you know, kind of how his teammates I really thought how his teammates treat you know, talked about New York even in Buffalo, like Stefan Diggs when he came up to him and said, like, Hey, uh, you know, it's New York, yes, you're in New York here in Buffalo and the fans are great, but the media atmosphere in New York, you could go from hero to villain so quickly, kind of all the stuff we knew, but uh, it's just interesting how he talks about how Stefan Diggs and his Bills teammates tell him that right after he's been cut. So I thought it was a, a really interesting interview and I thought it was uh, really put, well put together by the Second Wind uh, podcast guys as well. I thought it was just a really uh, well-constructed interview, so I, I certainly enjoyed it. Yeah, those second win guys, seems like they're about to go through the entire team. They had Darnay Holmes on, I want to say it was last week, and now Isaiah Hodgins. I guess they're friends with those guys on the team, and that's more that's more content for us, more things for us to talk about. So uh, if they want to keep yeah, going week by week and just continue to interview these New York Giants players and hear more about their stories behind the scenes, I would love that. So uh, yeah, credit to them. They also interviewed um, Evan Ingram, too, I think a few weeks ago or a few yeah. months ago. So um, Speaking of second yeah. win guys guys who have really revived their careers after a move. So Evan Ingram got that big contract actually recently, right? 40 something million dollars, three years. So, uh, you know, congrats to him. Always was a class act in New York. Didn't play up to some of our standards, but was always a, you know, you could tell a really good person and a good teammate. So, uh, you know, happy for him that he's doing well in Jacksonville. So now we can move to a couple of signings that the Giants made and both of them pretty big uh, in their own way. So let's start out with Cole Beasley. The Giants signed him to a one-year deal per Mike Garofolo. We know what this is. It's another Buffalo, former Buffalo Bill, you know, friend of the Giants coaching staff, but more uh, friend of Brian Dable, head coach of the New York Giants, that heads his way to New York, the New York Bills, you know, as, as fans like to uh, attribute to the Giants now. Beasley flirted with the Giants on multiple occasions last year. He actually almost signed with them during last season. He's 34 years old. He actually signed with the Dallas Cowboys as an undrafted rookie for agent out of SMU in 2012. And after some uh, seven seasons in Arlington, joined the Bills in 2019, spent three seasons there before splitting time between Buffalo and Tampa Bay last season. And 153 career games, 51 of them he started. Beasley had hauled in 556 receptions for 5,744 yards. Also had 34 touchdowns in that time period. Added 7 yards on the ground, 19 yards on kick returns, and 220 yards as a punt returner. Earned a 62.2 PFF grade in 2022, uh, and his career-best PFF grade, which is an 87.2, came in the year 2016. Uh, so Cole Beasley adds his name to an already stacked wide receiver room, but more uh, an already stacked slot wide receiver room. And that's something that Alex and I will get into. I don't know which one of us wants to read it, but the list of names goes on and on. Uh, and I'll have to give you, Alex, I'll, I'll go to you first so you can give your thoughts on this now even bigger wide receiver depth room that makes yeah. the 53-man roster even harder to, to think about. Um, but what I can say is, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll find the names. Let me go to you first. 
Yeah, what I would say is this is now making a 15-deep wide receiver room. One-sixth of the whole roster uh, is wide receivers at this current moment in time. Obviously, it won't finish that way. Um, but, you know, Cole Beasley, I don't see him making the roster from initial points of view. He doesn't really fit the mold of what the Giants were trying to do this offseason. You could kind of see, especially in the wide receiver room, with who they brought in, uh, at what spots. They're kind of looking for athleticism. They're looking for um, separation, which I think Cole Beasley still has, but at a declining rate, obviously, at 34 years of age. So I see this more as a camp body type player, a locker room guy who can kind of mentor some of the younger receivers here. I don't really see a long-term, obviously not a long-term future, or even really much of a short-term future past training camp for Cole Beasley. Maybe six round on the practice squad or something like that. He's a nice guy to have around in the building, um, but I, I don't really see where his production is going to lie on this Giants wide receiver in this Giants wide receiver room uh, in 2023. Maybe if it's 2020, we're talking a different story, but right now, uh, you know, Colt Beasley obviously was highly successful in Buffalo, but you saw when he was with Tampa Bay a little bit last year, he definitely, uh, you know, lost some of his legs. That's for sure. He's He's definitely on the decline, as you'd expect any 34-year-old wide receiver to be. But I, like I said, I think it's nice to have him in for camp and uh, hopefully he can mentor some of the you know younger, more uh, le- the less experienced wide receivers. Yeah, Alex. I mean, we were already, before Beasley even signed, having trouble with the 53-man roster. Do we do six wide receivers? Do we do seven? Because we just have so many. So with Beasley's name now first, the Giants also have in their room Jalen Hyatt, Darius Slayton, Isaiah Hodgins, Wondell Robinson, Sterling Shepard, Paris Campbell, Jamison Crowder, Jeff Smith, Colin Johnson, David Sills, Bryce Ford Wheaton, Jaden Mickens, uh, Mackay Polk, and Khalil Pimpleton. And that is the room. It's about 15, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. A lot of those guys, right? I'm just thinking off the top of my head, slot guys. Obviously, you're talking a little bit of flexibility as well. I mean, Cole Beasley is purely a slot guy, but you know, we've seen Shep play on the inside and outside. Uh, we've, you know, Wandell's been flexible in the past. Uh, who else did you name? Jamison Crowder's played on the outside a little bit in his career as well. A lot of these very small body wide receivers, though, that's the the big theme here. Uh, you got a couple of bigger bodies in Colin Johnson and Darius Slayton, who I guess you can consider a bigger body. Uh, Bryce Ford Wheaton, who you brought in, but uh, definitely a lot of small slot guys um, who, you know, don't have that diverse skill set. Uh, that the Giants are kind of really looking for in a bigger wide receiver. So that's something uh, to keep in mind for sure. And now we go to the other signing the New York Giants made, which is bringing in a running back during this period where Saquon Barkley is going on, you know, different outlets and voicing his opinions on maybe he'll sit out, maybe he won't. We'll have to wait and see. But for now, the Giants have made a starting replacement if needed. I'll say that. They signed veteran running back James Robinson, played with the Jaguars and the Jets last season. Robinson played in 39 games with 32 starts across three seasons with the Jaguars and the Jets. The 24-year-old's career totals include 2,262 yards on 514 rushing attempts. It's about four yards per, uh, per rush, 18 touchdowns in that time span. Uh, additional 91 receiving yards for or 91 receptions for 617 uh, yards and five scores uh, receiving scores that is Robinson had his greatest success as an undrafted free agent I'm sure all fantasy football um, 
fantasy football owners, or you, you can say, uh, remember that year when he was an undrafted free agent in 2020. He was a very good pickup on that waiver wire as he finished the year with 1,070 total uh, rushing yards, 10 total touchdowns in his debut season with the Jaguars. You can say it's been a steady decline since then. I just don't think he's had the same amount of opportunity. Has more an Achilles. Spark. Really. People Listen. didn't know how to play against him. They didn't know how to cover him. They didn't really know who he was. And now he's here. And now he's also uh, injuries as well as kept him out. And now he's with uh, the New York Giants as maybe a replacement if Saquon Barkley just decides to sit out. Like I like I kind of mentioned a second ago, like the torn Achilles is a terrible, terrible injury. Probably harder to come back f- from for a running back than a torn ACL. And we know how bad torn ACLs are for running backs. Um, but, you know, torn Achilles, we've seen how bad that's been. Uh, you know, just not a football player, but Kevin Durant tore his Achilles, right? It took him almost two years to come back to the NBA. And he's a, you know, a fantastic athlete. Imagine being a running back where you're really pressing off that Achilles constantly to get that drive going forward. So it's going to be tough for him. Uh, obviously, he's a year past it now, but uh, maybe he looks a little a little bit better this season um, than he did last season. Because I remember he got traded to the Jets. He wildly under or I guess underperformed expectations, I should say. For the Jets, uh, then he went to the Patriots for training camp or for OTAs this year. He got cut, so definitely not a player who's on the up right now. But you know, maybe he finds his you know finds his footing in training camp for the Giants. Maybe he can dig him out, dig himself, uh, dig dig himself out a roster spot. There we go. I was trying to be was trying to say something smart turned into not something very smart. Um, but yeah, I think if he could. Could he possibly make the roster? Maybe. I, I give it a 50-50 chance as of right now. Uh, he'd have to beat out guys like Gary Brightwell, who do give special teams flexibility. James Robinson doesn't do so. Obviously, the new rookie, Eric Gray, who I don't think is not going to make the roster. You got Matt Burrito, who was pretty productive last year, and then obviously Saquon Barkley. But if Saquon Barkley sits out the start of the season, then I could see a role for James Robinson. But again, a nice person to have in camp, uh, another body here, uh, especially considering Saquon Barkley will not be playing uh, during training camp or not participating at least. All right. We now move to our 2023 pre-training camp 53-man roster predictions. Uh, I love doing these because we have no idea where this is going to go. This season though, or I guess this like 2023 going into 2023 season, we did not do one before OTAs. Last year, we I think we did do one uh, either post-OTAs or pre-OTAs, whatever. That, That was just too early, I think, this year. Uh, we had other stuff on our on our minds. We had other stuff to do, but also this pre-training camp one is a really big one because we do one before training camp and then that you know two day three day period before those cuts uh, and signings actually happen to confirm it. So these two I really enjoy. Um, I don't know, Alex. I mean, what else do you want to preview before we kind of yeah. get into it? It's a really hard decision with the broad receivers. I think we mentioned that in this episode already. There's a couple positions like offensive line that happens every year. That was a little bit tough. Um, but I don't think it was as hard as we intended it was going to be. When we originally put all names down, I think we ended up having 55. Um, mm-hmm. And we only had a cut down two, which is not bad. And I feel like it's normally way more for us. I feel like in the past, it's gone up to 60 or maybe even more. What I would say also with this pre-training camp one, we're not anticipating who's going to be on the the pup list or who's going to be on IR, right? We're still in that pre-stage. So this is going to be a little bit different from the post-training camp one. 
that uh, obviously for that reason. So we're, you know, we can't predict injuries and where people's rehab and stuff is at this current moment. So we're just going with that. Everyone's going to be healthy in mind. Uh, I think that's kind of what we have to do currently, even though maybe a player like Wandell might not be ready week one and he'll be ready week three or something like that, but just something to keep in mind uh, when we're talking about this. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think we can rotate on where we go uh, with this list, starting off with quarterback. I'll ro- rotate positions is what I'm at. Yeah. Uh, starting with quarterback, we only have two, and we'll talk about why that is in a second. Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor. It's the same guys as last year. They're still here. Daniel Jones signing his big contract in the beginning of this offseason. And the reason we only have two quarterbacks, where in the most recent last like two or three seasons, the Giants have had three quarterbacks on their roster. Well, Every team that's had the same comment and, and the same complaint, I guess you could say, is that we need three quarterbacks on a roster, which is wasting a roster spot for us that could fill another position because we can't put them on the practice squad and elevate them in time. Well, now that is a possibility that a practice squad quarterback is able to be elevated for a game if necessary. And we assume that Tommy DeVito, which is a quarterback of the Giants, I think Jersey legend, signed right after the draft this year yeah. or drafted yeah, right for the draft. Yeah. This is all because of the uh, 49ers situation, the debacle in the NFC Championship game where they had no quarterbacks and they were like Christian McCaffrey either had to play or Jimmy Garoppolo had to play on, you know, no legs or whatever it was. I forgot the whole scenario at this point, but uh, it was pretty crazy. So NFL implemented a new rule where they can have a third emergency QB without taking up a roster spot. So that's why we have two QBs, but it's really three QBs. Anyway, that was confusing for us. We had to do research. We had to figure that out. But that is where we are with the QBs, um, and no one missed out because Tommy DeVito, he's still going to get in on the action. Don't worry. Um, I guess that's it for QBs. Running backs now, uh, we have Saquon Barkley. we got four running backs. Saquon Barkley, Matt Breida, Eric Gray, and Gary Brightwell. Uh, obviously, this is assuming Saquon Barkley doesn't do anything insane. Uh, Matt Breida obviously re-signed after having a pretty stellar season last year. Eric Gray, the Fifth round rookie, I believe it is. I want to say fifth round. I want to guess. I think fifth round. Uh, Gary Brightwell, uh, our return man, special teams contributor, and had a pretty decent season last year. Uh, the players missing out are uh, Jashawn Corbin, who actually did come in and step up at times last year, and James Robinson, who we just recently signed, who I think is going to be more of a camp body, um, and I think doesn't have the special teams upside that Gary Brightwell has. So. That is why we are at our current moment in time. And Chris Myrick, as a new fullback now, uh, we were predicting, does not make the roster. But it is possible he does. Um, but I just don't see him being that guy, uh, at least on the current roster who is there. Maybe they bring in another fullback. But I do not think Chris Myrick is that guy at fullback. All right. So honestly, Alex, would you agree with me? The hardest position of yeah. guys to pick coming up right now? Yeah, the first... What is it? It's the, it was the seventh spot that was really the hardest, I believe. The yeah, it was the, wide receivers, and we decided: are we going to do six? Are we going to do seven? Is seven too many? Do we even go eight? You can't do eight. It was even hard to do seven, but we did seven. These are the guys that we chose in no particular order for the wide receivers, and then Alex will let you know who is missing from this list. I did read like the whole list after we talked about the Beasley signing, but he'll let you know um, who did not make the roster in our predictions. Paris Campbell, Darius Slayton, Isaiah Hodgins, Jalen Hyatt, Wandell Robinson, Sterling Shepard, and Jamison Crowder. And you look at this list, you see that Wandell Robinson and Sterling Shepard 
are two names of the guys who tore their ACLs last year yep. who are back on this roster. Possible pup list candidates for sure. Yeah, I mean, obviously that'll help us in the post-training camp predictions. We'll have to wait and see what happens because we don't know the health conditions of these guys. We'll see if they're on the field running drills, uh, the two of them. But anyway, okay. So we, we got our seven. Alex, let us know who did not make it uh, out of those the big wide receiver room that we had. Yeah. Uh, well, it was really that seventh spot, right? Jamison Crowders, who we ended up going with. I think the first six were kind of, I don't want to say obvious, but more easy to place. Um, but besides him, the other alternatives that we had for Crowder included Cole Beasley, obviously, uh, Bryce Ford Wheaton, Colin Johnson, Jaden Mickens, Khalil Pimpleton, Makai Pope, uh, Polk, excuse me, uh, David Sills, Sills Army, Go Strong, uh, and Jeff Smith. So a lot of options there for that seventh wide receiver spot and a reason we could have possibly done eight, but that seemed, like you said, to be a little bit overkill. Um, I guess we can move on now to the tight end position. We got three tight ends, another position that you could potentially go four deep. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, we have Darren Waller, Daniel Bellinger, and Lawrence Cager. Um, the two tight ends missing out uh, are Ryan Jones, the rookie out of East Carolina, uh, undrafted, and Tommy Sweeney, who we brought in from the Bills. Two guys who I think both have a chance possibly of making the roster as that fourth tight end if they impress during training camp. We're going on the assumption that they don't impress during training camp. Um, and that's going to be the tight end room three deep. Definitely possible that it could go four deep. Might change uh, in our you know next training camp prediction. I feel like we're saying that every single time. But the three tight ends is what we have right now. Well, Alex, we actually had some we had some arguments, some back and forth about those tight ends. <laughs> I want to do four, and I want a surprisingly contentious position. Yeah. yeah, no, it was actually a little bit of a you know a little bit argumented heat session going back and forth. <laughs> so we were able to figure it out. Um, yeah, it got a little heated. It was like first take a little bit. Um, <laughs> anyway, in the offensive line, we had nine spots filled. And they go like this, Andrew Thomas, Evan Neal, Tyree Phillips, Ben Bredesen, Mark Lewinsky, Shane Lemieux, Josh Zudu, JMC or John Michael or JMS, sorry, John Michael Schmitz and JC Hausen. I can't say it. Hausner, right? Hausner, right? I think it is. Yeah, Hausner yeah. from the, uh, he was a signing that we made who started for the Pittsburgh Steelers last season. Alex, out of the offensive lineman, who missed out? Yeah. So we got a, quite a few here as well. Uh, at the centers, we have both centers that are here. Uh, they both made the roster. But at the guard spot, Jack Anderson missed out. Wyatt Davis missed out. Um, who else? Marcus McKeithen missed out. Hopefully a practice squad candidate coming back from that torn ACL. Uh, at tackle, Corey Cunningham, uh, Devery Hamilton, and Matt Parrott missing out. Um, we opted with Tyree Phillips as the swing tackle on the O-line. So that is uh, kind of how the O-line shaped up. And now shifting from offense to defense, offensive line to defensive line. We're going with five defensive linemen, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, Ashawn Robinson, uh, Nacho or Rakeem Nunez, Rochez, and Jordan Riley, the rookie out of Oregon. Uh, the players we missed out on, I don't want to say missed out, but decided, opted not to select. Uh, our Ryder Anderson, who was really tough to pass on, I'm going to be completely honest, because he had a great season last year. Vernon Butler, um, DJ Davidson, um, who else do we have here? And Kobe Smith was the final one out of South Carolina. So Davidson was a tough one to miss out for a uh, miss out on actually, because he was fifth rounder last year, but we're opting for the newer, uh, actually same age, uh, despite being a year 
uh, in the future draft class wise, uh, Jordan Riley, but the new rookie, I guess we can say on the defensive line. And I think that defensive, that five defensive line, you've guys got, you've got guys who can really work the interior on, you know, like Dexter Lawrence, Jordan Riley, Sean Robinson, you know, some more flexible guys like uh, Nacho and Leonard Williams. I think you got a really, really good group there. Uh, and I'm excited to see how that all works out. Could possibly see Ryder Anderson make it ahead of one of Riley or Davidson as well. So don't count him out. Yeah, Alex. And, and we go to the linebackers now. The, the way the roster's actually, um, how should I say this? The way it's uh, constructed is that there's the edge section and then there's the inside linebacker section. So we could just do them all at once. We have nine total, five edge guys and four inside linebackers. So it's the edge position. Kayvon Thibodeau, obviously. Aziz Ojolari. Jihad Ward, Ellison Smith, O'Shane Zimenez. And then when it comes to linebackers, Bobby O'Karake, Micah McFadden, Darian Beavers, and Cam Brown are the guys uh, that we picked at those spots. It was a little hard choosing those inside linebackers, especially with the O'Karake signing. We had to go down. But then we had Gerard Davis, who went down, and he ended up getting on the, um, on the what was it, the, the I, the IR. Like he's out for the season, basically. Uh, which then opened it up now for Micah McFadden and Darian Beavers, two um, second-year guys to kind of shine here. Which, But anyway, I'll, I'll go to you, Alex, again for uh, the guys who missed out. There's also three undrafted rookies in this group uh, from this year. So could potentially, if they shine at training camp, you never know. So I think this is the position. The linebacker spot is really one of the most hard to predict because you don't really know what a lot of these newer guys are going to bring to the table. Some guys like Darian Beavers, like what is he going to be like coming back from the ACL as well? But uh, like you mentioned, a few guys missed, obviously. Uh, okay, I'm going to try to pronounce this guy's name out of pit. I'm so sorry if I mess it up. It's <laughs> Habakkuk Baldonado. I think that's pretty good, right? Josh, you impressed? All right. Um, so we have him missing out. We have Troy Brown out of Ole Miss, the undrafted rookie. We have Carter Coughlin missing out. We got Tomon Fox, who had a great season last year. Uh, so if he can sneak his way onto the roster, I'd be very happy. I'm a huge fan of his. Uh, I was on the hype train from day one. Josh knows this. Uh, Deontay Johnson, not the wide receiver, but the linebacker out of Toledo, undrafted. Um, who else missed out here? And I think that's it, actually, for the linebackers. So it's, see, there's a lot of linebackers on this roster, but we had nine making it. So uh, not only a few... We have all the undrafted guys uh, not making it, though. So that is something to keep in mind. Still your turn. Uh, well, not still your turn, but it is your turn to go to defensive backs. I just did. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm brain dead right now. Um, defensive backs. You're doing a lot. You have a lot in your play. You're going I'm, I'm from, uh, right from now. the position to the who didn't make it. I'm thinking, how could Tomon Fox not make the roster? And it's hurting my heart. Sorry, it messed me up. All right, defensive back. Uh, we've got... 11 of them we've got six corners and i cannot believe i am saying this on an nfl roster five safeties yes this might be the weirdest roster prediction uh, in terms of dbs that you have ever seen but hey we're gonna roll with it uh at corner we've got adori jackson we've got deontay banks amani oruwarie cordell flott darnay holmes and trey hawkins the six round rookie out of old dominion and at safety we've got five safeties xavier mckinney dane belton nick mcleod who could also uh, go as a corner. You know, he played corner last year. Apparently, he's transitioning into safety, though, uh, from what we heard at OTA. So I'm going to put him as a safety. So it's kind of like four and a half safeties, if you really think about it. Uh, Jason Pinnock and Bobby McCain, who we signed from the Washington Commanders. Players who missed out here. 
All right, I think we got quite a few. So starting with corner, Zion Gilbert, uh, who definitely was an interesting player last year. Uh, Jemon Green, uh, who else? We have Leonard Johnson uh, and Aaron Robinson and Rodarius Williams missing out. So two players there who you would hope would come back on the practice squad. And then at safety, Alex Cook um, and Dravius, Dravarius Owens, excuse me, out of Houston, the sixth or seventh round rookie. Uh, from this year's draft, we have him not making it, but hopefully he comes back on the tr- uh, practice squad. And Trenton uh, Thompson out of San Diego State, the undrafted rookie. So uh, quite a few players there at the safety position. We narrowed it down to five, which I know sounds crazy, but it was tough. So you got to give us some credit there. Luckily, we have the easiest group coming up here, special teams, and it's going to be just three guys, Graham Gano, Jamie Gillen, and the long sapper, Casey Kreider, making it there, which equals it out to 53. So it was definitely tough uh, doing this as it is every year. Uh, but we, we have a good list. We have an interesting list, as Alex was saying, with the 6-5 and five ratio between cornerbacks and safeties, the seven wire receivers that was hard to select, um, and the running backs without James Robinson. What's going to happen with Saquon? Are we going to sign a guy before then to replace the spot if he does go in saying, I'm going to hold out? That all depends on time, and um, I'm going to be very interested to see how different our final 53-man roster predictions are uh, after training camp ends. So I guess stick along for the ride here during training camp, and we'll see how it transpires. Seven safeties? Eight safeties? Who knows? The entire 53-man roster safety? I mean, you can never have enough, right? Especially in the modern-day NFL? Come on. Defensive heavy, obviously. No, no, uh, No throw power, no... Uh, passing NFL. Not Why do you need safety. defensive linemen? You could just throw a 11 DB lineup out there. Don't worry about it. All right, well, we appreciate you joining us for this longer uh, episode of the Giants Take Podcast, longest one in a little bit, but that's completely okay because, again, we had a lot to cover. Uh, so we hope you enjoyed it. What you can do to help us out, follow us on our social media platforms at TikTok and Twitter, the Giant Take Pod, Instagram and Facebook, the Giant Take Podcast. Alex on Twitter at anorain 23 I'm on Twitter at Joshua29. And also just uh, subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcast, Spotify, those platforms. We would really appreciate it. And um, with that, I took the outro from Alex last time, but I'm going to give it back to him because that is his role on the show. I do intro, he does outro. And um, on especially on episode 250, you know, it's that big of a deal that I, I just we barely addressed that. A quarter of the way to the it's not the century mark, right? Is a thousand the century mark? Yeah, a thousand's a century, right? Am I? Yeah, we're a quarter of the way to the century mark. I'm not sure if we're going to ever get to, we'll be here in our gray old days with white hair, gray hair, and whatever. I, I, what else happens when you're old? I don't know. Um, here on episode. Uh, with our, with our, uh, actually, we don't need to talk about the side effects of being old. Let's, let's focus on being young here. Yeah, we'll, we'll focus on being young, but uh, it's been a fun 250 into the next 750. Uh, I'm excited. So thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.